0: And it is Casual Friday, just so
1: you know. know. Yeah, yeah. We don't always look uh, this awesome.
0: The Great Independent Podcast, powered by Pacific Crest Insurance, where independent insurance agents and industry leaders talk about the highs and lows of starting and running a successful agency. Learn the common trends and struggles of independent insurance agents. Go to pacificpressinsurance.com for more on how to be a successful independent insurance agent.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of The Great Independent Podcast, powered by Pacific Crest. Uh, we uh, first want to welcome everybody that's now viewing on the camera, so we'll wave to the camera and say hi. Um happy to uh, have you guys see our ugly faces and see who we really are and that we really do exist.
0: And it is casual Friday, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We don't always look uh, this awesome. <laughs> um this week, uh, we wanted to focus on um, a, an issue or, or a topic that we've been getting a lot of questions um, and uh, just, uh, you know, on, on getting some advice on, um, and that's staffing, how to staff your agency, right? Whether it be looking to hire um, a CSR or a couple of producers, Um, A lot of uh, independent agents out there uh, just are having problems finding the right people um, and and how to train them. So we thought we'd uh, bring in um, someone with some awesome experience in the industry. Um, you know, someone that's been around for a little while and um, that we actually have um, kind of helped train some of our uh, our newer agencies and, and agents um, around the country. So um, we want to welcome Tracy in. Tracy's here um, in our local office with us. So welcome, Tracy. How's it going?
2: It's going really good.
1: Cool. Thanks for joining us. Um, so tell us, how long have you been in, in the uh, insurance industry?
2: I literally started the day after I graduated high school. So it's been 27 years now.
1: Wow. What's that ride been like?
2: Uh, interesting. Yeah. I went from paper to we're going to go paperless to paperless to computers to non-computers. Yeah, I've done it all.
1: Interesting. I'm sure you have a few stories. I know oh, yeah. I've heard a few myself. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that when we interviewed Tracy, I was a part of that original interview. and I And I remember Jennifer asking me what I thought. And I said, she has um, more than enough experience. As a matter of fact, she's probably overqualified. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And I don't want to insult her.
1: Well, you have people in certain experiences or situations go, "Oh, I've seen it and I've heard it all," and you're like, "Yeah, okay. Well, I'm sure we can beat that, right? I'm, sure, I'm I think you may actually have yeah, seen or heard seen everything, everything and be a able lot. to see everybody's yeah. BS." And- You've
0: been through some really um, tough relationships with agents too, which gives yes, you a I little, have. a really good insight too as to maybe. You know how to treat your staff you know how to how to um, um, maintain people in your office and keep them happy and mm-hmm. what's really important to you as a servicing agent yep.
1: so what what are some of the positions and roles that you've held in the industry
2: I actually started where I just alphabetized and file claims to doing what we're called non machinables which is actually when you go outside of a policy term to issue a return premium check back to the client And back then you know Handwritten checks, I got a signature on them, and out in the mail they went. And then I, with the same company with Travelers, um, I got up as high as junior auto underwriter, but because I didn't have a college experience, they literally told me that's a sign the company you're gonna go. Wow. So I stuck that out for two years, hoping they would advance me. They lived up to their promise, I left. Um, Fair enough. And then I went over to Edna, and I did no fault claims. And at the time, I happened to have, me personally, been going through my EMT um, certification for the state of New York, because I was volunteer fireman at the time. And lo and behold, no sooner that I got my certification and I was on the back of the ambulance, I was at accidents that were then appearing on my desk. Wow. So then we had a conflict of interest. Okay. And the couple that I had to pass off to coworkers, well, the coworkers kind of pitched with it. And, and then they wound up sticking me in claim processing, um, more of a lateral move type thing, but, you know, away from clients where I had been at the no-fault accident and trying to figure out, you know, were they drunk, not drunk, were they, are they exacerbating their injuries? I saw them at the car accident, that conflict of interest thing. And then I went to my first agency in 1988, and I started working um, with a gentleman that was ready to retire, and he wanted to be able to take time off and spend time in New York City. And worked for him and this was the gentleman that taught me homeowners, taught me personal article floaters, taught me commercial, commercial inspections, commercial billing, accounting, commissions, um, how to run an agency for the few days to a week to a month that he wouldn't be in there that I could run the agency and keep it growing. Really good customer service skills as far as how to maintain, issuing certificates of insurance. And unfortunately, I only worked for him for three years because he eventually retired. He was 81 when he hired me. Oh, wow. So the fact that I got to work as long as I did, I was kind of happy about that. Yeah. And then when he retired, I went with the files to another agency, and I was supposed to stay there for up to two years while they acclimated the clients into new staff. And it lasted about two months because management was just horrific, really, really bad experience, bad taste in my mouth.
1: You think they would have taken a page out of his book and just kept it going? You would have thought, endless, right? considering he,
2: here was a gentleman that had been an agent almost 60 years.
1: Well, he clearly got it, too. Oh, like he had something running pretty he, smooth. Yeah,
2: and, and he ret- retired with quite a book of business. Yeah. I mean, it would, And again, all paper files. Nothing was computerized. I was on the typewriter, I certificates, and wow. carbon paper, and all that fun stuff. Um, and you really would have thought. But it was a shame that even in the short two months that I was there, so many of the clients had left. And a exactly. lot of it had to do with the servicing and the attitude and that well, we don't know who you are and I don't have, I don't have time to read through your file and um, that kind of thing. It, it was sad. And then I went to another agency where I specialized in personal lines only um, and it was a, I'm going to say like a higher echelons agency. We only catered to the rich and famous in New York. Okay. Um, and we were, at the time, I mean, we were insuring Daryl Strawberry and we were insuring Barbara Walters and people like that. And it was a lot of trips into Manhattan. Our office was underneath the train stations. Wow. We could just go upstairs, jump on the train, and be in Manhattan in 40 minutes. Meet clients for lunch, discuss their needs, new jewelry, um, that type of thing. And then I would come back and process endorsements, and add cars, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Um, unfortunately, in that situation, I was asked on a job interview, what are your family intentions? And I said, well, I was recently told I can't have kids, and then showed up pregnant two years later. Mm-hmm. I was immediately let go.
1: Oh, and then that's that was definitely kind of legal. Because right?
2: I fought it, and we wound up in court, and I wound up getting one year's maternity pay. while I sat at home and did nothing.
1: Cool. And then <laughs>
2: um, I took a break for a couple of years while I had my other two miracles. And then um, when we moved to Idaho in 1998, I immediately came back into the insurance. And at that point, it was kind of a little scary because I hadn't done computer insurance at all. We did DOS programs when I worked for a lot of the other oh companies my. as far as being able to print versus <laughs> issuing and computers factoring premium and figures and that type of thing. And now we're using the downloads. same exact
1: programs, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, How is that different so from today? <laughs> it's, it's
2: been a full, a full gamut from completely paper reading you know, out of a book. Yeah. Um, where eventually you got to know every single use classification code and the rating factors, and it was all a mathematical equation back then. Nothing like it is today with so many, so many factors and premium calculations and that type of thing. All automated so too. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, so I've pretty much seen it from paper to paperless, and it's quite a ride.
1: And so now, what do you do with Pacific Crest?
2: I'm a customer service representative, and um, I'm fine-tuning my skills to eventually get into training. It's really what I want to work on. I want to work on new CSRs, new to agencies, new to our office.
0: You like helping um, people.
2: I really do. Yeah. I really do. And I, and like you say, I have a lot of those background stories that maybe will scare people into doing why you need to do it correctly. Oh, why yeah. you have to have that complete thought. You just can't wing it. Because what you can remember today, tomorrow, and maybe next week if you're lucky, mm-hmm. in six months when the quote-unquote hits the fan, you are not going to remember and that's what you're documenting. And it doesn't really matter what without. you
0: remember. It matters what you documented at right.
2: the time. Because when it's subpoenaed, you want to have it in writing yeah, to hand right. to that judge. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can tell that you like to help people. I mean, it's, we've had lots of other people join the group here after you came on board. And you've done a really good job of jumping in and, and helping them and, and uh, showing them the ropes. And just the way that you approach it is... On, it's just very easy. It helps them understand a lot, a lot better than trying to learn from other sources. Yeah, and I'm,
2: I'm a firm believer. And you don't just train somebody. You, you take A to B to C to D that type. of You have to explain why. As soon as they get the flow of the work mm-hmm, and right. and how the phone call comes in and then what you did with the company or what you changed or what you add and how this all gets documented in that step by step process.
0: It might it really be the New Yorker helps. in you though that scares them into no, because <laughs>
2: In all honesty, really, really early on in my career, especially when I was doing the, the non-machinables, the hand-figuring of the endorsements and working a pro-rata wheel. Now I'm really aging myself. Um, it was, you have to remember, every day at 5 o'clock when you clock out, if you get hit by a bus, how screwed are we back here at the office? Oh, yeah. You know, put your thoughts down. Get everything on the file. Get everything in writing. This way, if, even if you just want, all of a sudden, I need a week off. And you just take... You don't ever have to worry about losing your job because nobody understood what you did when you were there. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you, you left everybody hanging. You didn't get your promises done before you left the office. That type of thing. It's another type so of I've, communication
0: too, which exactly, is always exactly. undervalued. Yeah, yeah. So, let's dive in a little bit about you know your thoughts on on agencies, right? I mean, I know that that's a huge part of this podcast that uh, um, we wanted to discuss, but uh, I mean, I have this question in my head, because I talk to agents all around the country all the time, they're always asking me, well, how large do I need to be before I bring on help, you know? And I think that we all kind of toss around a generic number, right? but I don't know that that's really applicable. I think that you could probably explain it way better.
2: You know, yeah, I remember working at the very first agency that I had here in Idaho. They were, they were driven on that number, once, personal, uh, once Commercial lines hits a million-dollar book of business, we'll look at hiring another CSR. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, crap, we must have hovered at nine, 925000 for the three years that I worked there. And there wasn't a night that I left comfortably knowing that everything got done today. It didn't happen. I left stacks and stacks of work on my desk. Um, unfortunately, my husband had gotten really ill, so I had to go from being a salaried employee to hourly. When I was in the office, I got paid when I had to be out of the office due to his health concerns, I didn't get paid. And, but those were the times I was finding myself constantly wanting to, get, I didn't finish this, I need to get back and get it done. I need. And it's a real struggle when you're, you're going, in order to keep my job, I have to make sure. So what I always tell agents that have asked and have had conversations come up in the past, when you can't get it all done, and you're leaving those seven or eight things at night, that's when it's time to hire the CSR. Forget about the number, it's not a number. It's how much service are you actually giving?
0: Well, I think what gets in the way sometimes, obviously, is the revenue number, right? right exactly. I mean, it's the revenue number ultimately that gets in the way, and they start to contemplate, can I really afford to bring on help? And but <clears throat> in the long run, in all honesty,
2: if the, I mean, if you're worried about the thirty thousand or whatever number you're you're figuring a a, a new hire is going to be making. Think about how much time that's going to give you and free you up during the day that now you're out making those new sales calls or you're actually following up on referrals. Well, and like
1: you said before, you're at that agency for three years and you just hovered around the same number. So hey. clearly you weren't growing, right? And right. I'm assuming that their goals were to grow. Right. So you have to understand you have to hire people in order to grow at certain you know, at certain, at certain times growth. and in a certain, exactly. right, in a certain way.
0: How I many mean, years in do you
2: want to be in business without being able to take a day or two off and just say, you know what, my girl's there, or my guy's there, my CSR's there, they'll handle
0: the office for me while I'm gone. So, I mean, I think that this would be a really good spot to kind of have an impromptu discussion a little bit about how you can help that agency get comfortable hiring you and taking on that burden of more, more overhead. Because I come from an entrepreneurial background, right? I mean, I was a business owner for years, and I hired lots of people. And I know that every time I had another position to fill, I had to really think about it, and it, was, it weighed on my conscience all the time uh, about whether or not I would be able to afford really to bring on that new hire. In my own mind, I think to myself as, as um, now an employee, right? But coming from owning my own businesses, walking into a new environment, when I, when I, come, when I came here, I presented myself to Sean and said, this is how I'm going to help you grow. Right, here's my plan, and this is what I can do to add value to the agency. Exactly. Right, would you agree that that's what a CSR kind of needs to do, or maybe what the questions are of a hiring agent needs to kind of investigate with the CSR? Yeah, I would and go plan? more
2: for the agent actually asking that question. Right. You've applied. I appreciate the application. I appreciate you coming in for the interview. How exactly are we going to work as a team? Are you gonna be okay if I head out of the office for two hours a day to run appointments, visit clients, drop off policies, contact referral business, that type of thing, go to commercial accounts, or maybe just knock on doors, however it is you wanna bring in more business to your agency. Is is that person actually gonna work while you're gone, or are they gonna flip on YouTube and just sit around and do nothing all day? Are they gonna answer the phone, or is everything gonna be in voicemail? So, again, it's that integrity of the person that you're hiring, and in all honesty, ask the questions. Are you going to be comfortable if I leave two hours a day and you're back in the office alone? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, think about how much you have to entrust your
0: CSRs and producers just to run the agency even when you are there. Yep. Yeah.
2: There has to be that trust.
0: Yeah. So you're taking on the model of assuming that the agent is going to take on the burden of growing the agency, like in this example that you're saying, okay, well now the agent's saying, I'm leaving the agency, are you going to be comfortable here holding down the fort while I'm gone, right? That's one model. I would take it one step further and maybe even ask the question of my CSR, um, are you comfortable taking on a position for production?
2: Right. right. Is, is new business something you're interested
0: absolutely. in?
2: Absolutely. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and, and will you…
2: How, how are you going to kill downtime?
0: Absolutely. Are you fine
2: with opening up a standalone policy and call on and see if we can get the cross-sale right. or you know that type of thing? If somebody comes in and you see they only have a home, can you comfortably say, hey, let's look at your auto? Right. Um, any good CSR that knows whether it's straight salary, a bonus… Um, a percentage of you know maybe um, compensation checks at the end of the year or whatever. If there's that incentive and she knows you're really going to appreciate what they're doing, I guarantee you you'll find somebody that fits right. your
0: fits your need. Because I'm all about solutions, right? I mean, that to me, that's what this podcast or any of these podcasts are really all about. And um, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, agent Bob Smith, you know, John Doe. Um, you should hire a producer as soon as you're overwhelmed with work. Yes. That's easy to say. But giving them advice as to what they could do to maybe get comfortable taking on that burden is, is ultimately what they're looking for, right? Okay. And I think that's a big part of it um, is figuring out how that CSR can add more production to the books because uh, that's the goal anyways. Exactly. Not just sit and tread water.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there a certain model for an agent to think about when they start to hire staff? And, you know, I know you mentioned some different types of compensation. I would, I would
2: definitely go um, licensed right out the chute. And, and I say licensed right out the chute in it that you know, whoever you're looking at hiring can be top notch as far as all the other things you're looking for in an employee. But when they have that scare tactic, of well, i got to be licensed in 30 days, are they really learning it or are they just passing the test? Right. Um, by having someone that's already been licensed. Again, even if they just recently were licensed and haven't actually put it to use yet, they've taken the time and actually read the book and done the class and mm-hmm. passed the exam with the knowledge mm-hmm. versus that somebody you're given a thirty day window. To.
0: So you say so what you're saying is it might be even better to pay a little bit more hourly mm-hmm. for a tenured CSR yep. rather than trying to take the opposite route, which is just a lot of agents will do this too, oh, I talk to a nice. lot of agents, she'll get, licensed. she'll get licensed or maybe I just need an office assistant right now that doesn't need to be licensed to just do clerical work, right? right. And, and get away with paying them maybe two or three or four more dollars, four less dollars an hour. Right. Um, you're saying, don't, don't bother.
2: Yeah, kind of don't, because even if, if you just look at the general receptionist that's going to maybe take your payments if you're comfortable with that, but answer the phone, transferring calls, take messages, that type of thing, you have to realize she's going to find herself in a comfort zone after a while where, unbeknownst to her even, she's going to start offering that insurance advice. Right. You know, oh, I see you only have an auto policy yeah. You know, where do you live? Maybe we can quote your renter. Just walking you know, on you know,
0: a right? fine line. It is. Yeah. It is.
2: And then, unfortunately, it's your email that's yeah. on the line. It Absolutely, really, It's, it's really good
0: is. advice. That's excellent advice and um, I think that, you know, if, if I'm really looking at the big picture, if, if I'm an agent and I'm thinking to myself, how do I free up my time, I'm not sure a clerical person unlicensed is time. really going to free up a whole lot of my time so that I can grow exponentially, right? right. I think I need somebody there that I can trust at the office is going to be able to give advice, going to be able to do anything from soup to nuts that I can do basically. Mm-hmm. And then right. they can do exactly. clerical on the side and right, get that stuff done or,
1: or maybe mm-hmm. hire somebody else. How to do you
0: do feel about data. incentivizing CSRs with, with commissions versus just strictly salary? Is one better than the other?
1: Oh, definitely.
2: Um, I'm commissioned here, which is kind of nice, in it that when I go above and beyond or do the cross-sell, there's even a bonus system and that kind of thing. It, it makes you when you have that little bit of downtime. It really truly makes you want to sell.
0: It really does. The right person.
2: Um, the previous <laughs> one of the previous jobs that I had had here in Idaho, it was all right. We, we argued about starting salary forever, and I came down quite a lot because I had been with the previous agent eight years. I was up there in the dollars, and then I realized, well, I'm new. I got to prove myself. Not a problem. And this gentleman, gentleman, and I. I'd put a dollar figure for a calendar year of productivity. And I said, okay, great. So what happens if I meet it? He says, well, I'll give you the $2 more an hour that you were wanting. And I said, okay, fine, not a problem. Well, I met it and exceeded it by an additional $35,000. And I had a fight with him to get a dollar an hour more. And to me, that was just... The attitude immediately changed. Number one, he didn't live up to his promise. Right, yeah. Number two, that was money. I was kind of counting on at that point because I knew I did as good as I did. Right, yeah. And then, you know, number three, it's that whole, he doesn't mm-hmm. care if I'm here or how not.
0: Do you, how do you recover from that? Well,
1: exactly. and how, how do you go forward and continue to have that motivation? Exactly. It's right? exactly.
0: not, not a great but the, but the incentive was there to, in their... Originally, to motivate you to hit those benchmarks, right? Right. And for the, I, I just said a minute ago, for the right person, right? Those right. people will see that that value, mm-hmm. um, self motivators, and and I think that's ultimately might be a good part of the questioning when you're in your discovery period with trying to interview CSRs, you know? Yeah. That motivation is a good thing, right? I know that when when I hired people, I used to love watching young people roll up to my office that were driving luxurious cars. I think to myself, that person's motivated to make money and will probably work their tail off for me to make that money and probably wanna work extra overtime too to fake that payment, right? Because they, they see value in those things, right? And so it's exactly. not such a bad thing to see value in making money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I was in that discovery period with a CSR and I was interviewing that person, that would be one of my questions. Does that motivate you to make commissions? Because if it does, we could put you underneath a great program where you could really flourish. Exactly. But so will not exactly. everybody or, or
2: even getting a hold of that client that's just so angry with the last rate increase. And you know, right away, you're like, okay, well, let's shop it. And that's what you want to do to keep your clients yeah. happy. But in the same token, there's nothing wrong with throwing them five bucks to say thanks for keeping the client in the fi- in the house.
0: That's that's a fantastic point because a straight salaried employee or an hourly employee has no incentive to just not just take the easy route that's, and yeah, pick I'm the low hanging fruit and walk out the door. Yeah, I yeah, don't care how big exactly.
1: your book is or how successful they are. It's they don't, the don't see the big picture. That
0: helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good point.
1: So. Let's kind of move on to the training aspect of things. Let's say you've got um, you know, a producer or CSR in your agency already. How would you go about um, uh, approaching this individual and making sure that they are doing the right things at the right time and, and kind of having that mindset that you talked about?
2: It basically comes down to um, literally the, me personally, I like to put everybody like on a time watch. We're going to sit down in three months. I want to listen to your concerns. I want you to hear my critiques as the agency owner. I want I want to be able to freely tell you in 90 days, hey, I reviewed some of your work. I think you need to document more. I think you need to attach more. The emails aren't getting attached. Whatever the, the, the correspondence isn't there or the communication or the levels of what you did and how you did it. There has to be constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. If not, things are gonna stay the same. Mm-hmm. And then in a year, two years, three years, you're both not gonna be happy with anything. So I always did a really short window of time when we had new hires, we're gonna sit down together, I'm gonna to work with you for the first 30, hand in hand, walking every day, we're gonna go through this together. Then I'm gonna branch you off a little bit on your own for the next 30, but I will critique you and I expect the questions. You're not sure, talk to me, call me, do whatever you have to do to say, hey, I'm at this point, this came up, how do I?
1: In Between before in between. the next, i right. not going to wait days until so 30
2: to 60, right? And then after 60, they're kind of more on their own. In it, that okay, you took the phone call, you know, what are the steps? I want to see them. And then about the 80, 80, 80 to 85 day mark, I sit down and I will literally pull a report that shows me everything they've done in those last three months. And I want to see that potential growth. I want to see in the beginning, they barely documented, but when I brought it out the two-month mark it got better and now in the three-month mark that they're on their own and they have more independence now they're really striving or hitting it when well, mm-hmm. that's something you come back and revisit again Sure. documentation but you're not micromanaging
0: stronger. their time
2: no no, no you're just can't. giving them
0: clear definitions Well, trust me after 30 days they like
2: go away I got this right. you know that type of thing but right. to reinforce things two or three times those first couple of weeks can't hurt you're basically letting them know this is the proper way to do it habits that start off good Remain good and get better, right? Versus, all right. Well, I'll just let you slide. I'll just let you slide, and then, you know, a year in, is not when. You, and when you tell somebody on their one-year anniversary, it's not the time to say, "Well, I've not been happy with your." with your documentation. You didn't give them a chance to change. You didn't give them a chance to increase it or I'd to make it yeah. better.
0: That's <laughs> it. Well, well, yeah, yeah, but if you're the agent, it's your E and at risk, exactly. right? Exactly. It's worth that's it for you, you to go, go back in there in short periods of time, you know, not waiting for too long because if you have an issue that's it's in the book, you mm-hmm. want to address it immediately.
2: Right, right. But you have to remember though, it's not just criticisms, because I've actually had a boss like that, where right. everything I said was critiqued right. and then just screamed at. Um, it's the why this is what you did but this is why it's incorrect it's the training it's the educating it's the conversation you want to have with the client that you want them to reiterate or them to say hey this is a good sales technique this is a good way to add extra coverage this this and this if you slow it down and literally give them reasons and examples they're more confident what they start doing from that point forward and then they're also more confident in relating it back to the client the confidence starts building, and then from there, things can just get only better and better. Well,
1: it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with keeping um, you know, this employee motivated, too. If somebody truly cares about me and takes the time to train me and, and work with me in, a, in the right way, that just keeps me motivated to keep going, and then it encourages me to ask more questions and to improve and go learn on my own and, and do whatever it takes to learn because... You know, not that I don't want that help anymore, but I want them to see that I'm growing too. Maybe that's just my personality, but to me it all kind of goes together. You're doing a
2: great job, keep up the good work. I mean, there isn't a person out there that doesn't look or want the affirmations, that type of thing. It's just a matter of how you present. Don't scream because they got it wrong. Explain why it was wrong and how it should have been done, Mm -hmm. and then hopefully—
0: they just grow and keep going right. from there. But I definitely like. I mean, going back to the auditing, right? Of the, of the policies and stuff, every 90 days or whatever for the first year or so, I think it's a great idea um, because it prevents so much trouble from happening. But it's also a great opportunity for you to jump in and either praise. Or teach, right? Yes. One of those yes. two things. Yeah. And uh, teaching, obviously, everybody's going to have their own methodology behind what's right and what's wrong. But the praise is very, very big on um, keeping that person motivated going forward but not micromanaging their time the same in the same effort right right so having a clear giving them a clear understanding of what you expect them to accomplish exactly
2: exactly stories are
0: always good you brought up that point too I mean stories are fantastic even on the sales side of things is if you don't have a story steal one right yeah because exactly or use your own personal you, make it up, you know yeah. this has
2: happened
0: that type
1: of thing Absolutely. Always, oh, his application is always such a And I've a always been patient. a firm
2: believer that a lot of the clients really truly don't understand insurance. They just don't. They were told as 18-year-old driver or 16-year-old drivers, you have to have it. Right. And nobody ever sat down and explained it to them. I've explained it to 30, 40, and 50-year-old people.
0: Well, I'm trying to- This is what bodily
2: injury is. This is why right. you want to get the highest property damage, you know, by the limit you can have, that type of thing. Absolutely agree. And it's agreed. absolutely amazing how these people go, oh, all these years I never knew that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I'm taking even a little bit different approach, spinning that back around an agent to a CSR that's training. Yes, right?
2: yes, the exact having those case. stories.
0: This is why it's so important you put this yes. documentation in the system. Yeah. you know, maybe you don't have an E and O claim to speak of as an example, but somebody out there does. Yeah. I
2: had a situation where I sold an ENS policy through a State Farm agent. I kind of did it as a favor to him, and then the client came in, and I said, I'm sorry, I, you know, it would have been great if I could have just sent all this stuff to your State Farm guy, and he could have had you sign it all, but I need to explain something to you. And Arizona emissions, uh, Excess and Surplus policy is 25% earned premium. The first three months, you're locked into the company. You are not getting any of that money back. And I said, mentioned it three times to this mm-hmm. woman. And sure enough, three weeks in, oh, yeah, I finally got a quote from Allstate. Can you cancel that policy? And I said, no, I told you. When you were sitting here, you're locked in for the first three months. Call them back and tell them you will start at day one of the third month. Well, I don't want to do that. The premiums are a lot better. Well, I understand that, but you don't understand. You just lost that check you just right. gave me unless you agree to do That's that. Right. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, I'll take this up. I'll, I'll consider it. And she hung up. Three days later, I got served by the Department of Insurance. She wanted my license. And when I was able to prove it all and I had it documented from three weeks prior and literally was hands off the keyboard, called the client management system, they subpoenaed everything, they printed it out and sent it to the Department of Insurance. I got a letter from them three days later saying you were a hundred percent correct and she's a hundred percent wrong.
0: And so there you go, all the listeners out there right now, there's a great story, right? Use yeah. that story had I when not training CSRs.
2: I probably would have put on suspension.
0: Absolutely. It's not what you said, it's what you can prove. Right.
1: Well, think about how valuable it is from the agent's perspective, too. When you're teaching somebody, you always kind of relearn it yourself, right? And you explain to yourself... Why you do those things, and so I, you know, you can also kind of see value when you're pulling these reports and showing them how to do different things. What what actually is going on in your agency? What's going on with your book, right? And you kind of get another ground level view of of what's happening instead of all this other stuff you've probably been really busy with too. So it's, that's probably why you hired somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll try to wrap it up here in the next couple of minutes, but um, if if you had a couple of pieces of advice um, to somebody looking to hire a new staff member, what, what would it be?
2: Definitely make sure they're licensed prior to hire. Um, like I said, I, I think the whole time crunch of, well, you'll get licensed in 30 days, just, again, it's a pass the test, not learn the material. Um, having already come in, you have a better feeling about it. They've taken the class or they've taken the time to actually study, learn, and know it. Um, So right there that makes training a lot easier because you'll drop words that they will actually understand what you're talking about Mm -hmm. Um, number two um, I Know it's illegal to do but definitely find out their family situation as far as you know Do they have little ones at home? Are we going to be looking at daycare problems now? We have time off that type of thing Um, and that's somebody you kind of need to say hey I get it family comes first But you have to realize every day that you call in sick last second, you're kind of crunching the the office a little bit. You have to keep that in mind. Let's let's keep it to a minimum. I will allow it, but let's keep it to a minimum. Find somebody dependable. Yeah, exactly. Definitely find somebody dependable. And then somebody that actually gives a rat about what they're doing, that she likes it, he likes it, they enjoy it, they want to do it, they want to sell, they're not afraid. They show some sort of confidence after that 90 day training period. That when you leave them alone on the phone, you're like, wow, look, they're giving the examples and talking coverage. They're understanding it. They're relating Somebody the that wants
1: to help other people, right? Right. Somebody yeah. wants to help
2: yeah. other people. Somebody that wants to even has a concern to build your book of business. Yeah. Somebody that, when you do that 90 day review, they are cross selling or they're the least mentioned in conversation. You know, hey, we can write your home. When your renewal comes up, give me a call. Or ask when the renewal comes in and they extate it. Um, there's all different types of things you can look for in a person. Um, you know, how are they as far as reaching out to clients that are pending cancellation for non payment? I mean, that's a call we all hate making, but it has to be done if you want to keep that, those clients right. happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are they um, timid or? Right, yeah. right. Are they going to go, oh, I'll just pop off a memo, or shoot them an email, and hope for the best, that type of thing? Well, most of us read our emails every day, but not everybody. You have to be able, willing to back it up with a phone call and/or a memo or something else. There's not just I emailed them four times and he didn't call in with the payment. I right. have to pick up the phone every now and then. Too.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just have to. That's all really good advice. That's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, thanks, Tracy, for stopping by. We definitely appreciate you. And not a problem. Hopefully, uh, stopping by the long trip from you know 100 feet over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah across the it's hall. <laughs> hall. It's a hall. It's a hall.
2: It's a hallway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, guys, uh, hopefully uh, if you got uh, some nuggets of advice and, and help out there and take something away from this episode, we appreciate you guys for stopping by. And we will chat with you guys next week. Thanks for joining us this week on The Great Independent Podcast. Check back every Tuesday for more information to help you, the independent insurance agent, start and run a successful agency.